Let me just add my welcome to the welcome that David gave you. It's great uh, to, to be here together with you. It's kind of a weird Sunday, isn't it? The one between Christmas and New Year. Um, I can't believe that next year is going to be 2013. I grew up as a child of the 70s, a teenager in the 80s. I remember hearing Prince's song, I'm going to party like it's 1999, thinking that it would never happen, that 1999 would never come. And now it's 2013. Hard to believe. New Year is always a time when we like to to think about what's going on in our lives. I saw this uh, poster if we can pop up that slide. New year, new you. Shinier teeth, redder lipstick, more lycra, and slimmer. It's, a, it's all ahead of us in 2013. Um, this is pretty common stuff, isn't it? Uh, it's the time of the year when we're asked to, to think about um, what, what the year ahead, what, what life ahead of us is going to be like, and what it's all going to be about. Um, I'm going into 2013 stirred a little by a story. Um, I, I would say stirred by a smaller story that's called me back to a part of the big story that, that maybe hadn't been prominent in my mind. It happened a couple of weeks ago when we were going to see The Hobbit. I've already mentioned going to The Hobbit. I've been twice by now, uh, went again on Saturday. So we were going, and Patrick insisted that before we went, we got psyched up a little bit. So we were listening to CDs in the car. And I haven't read The Hobbit for years. And just the first few minutes, first few pages of Tolkien's writing, I... I'd never really seen this before, probably because I hadn't read it uh, as uh, a grown-up. I couldn't believe the quality of his writing, and I couldn't believe how much this is an adult book, despite all appearances. The story begins with him describing the domestic world of the Hobbit. In a hole in the ground, there lived a Hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and a noisy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole. And that means comfort. So Tolkien goes on then to tell us about this particular hobbit who will be the star of the story. This hobbit was a very well-to-do hobbit and his name was Baggins. The Bagginses had lived in the neighborhood of the hill for time out of mind, and people considered them very respectable, not only because most of them were rich, but because they never had any adventures or did anything unexpected. You could tell what a Baggins would say on any question without the bother of asking them. This is the story of how Bilbo Baggins had an adventure and found himself doing and saying things unexpected. He may have lost his neighbor's respect, but he gained. Well, you'll have to wait and see whether he gained anything in the end. 
almost as soon as we're introduced to this comfort-loving, adventure-fearing Bilbo Baggins, we meet Gandalf, the mysterious traveling wizard. And after a few pleasantries and smoke rings, Gandalf cuts to the quick. I have no time for smoke rings this morning. I am looking for someone to share in an adventure that I'm arranging. And it's very difficult to find anyone. Here it is, in the first two or three pages of Tolkien's classic that the bomb went off for me. In this so-called children's book, he's asking the question that every adult needs to be confronted with. My life, is it going to be a life of comfort or one of adventure? It's absolutely the question for all the characters in the Christmas story. Mary, will you give up your dreams of the perfect white wedding to be part of this great adventure that God's invited you on? We know from our, uh, our reading earlier today that Mary decided that she would. Joseph, will you stake your reputation on an angel's dream? Wise men, will you leave the comfort and security of your home, your residence far in the east and make your journey to see this newborn king? It seems that to be around this new king means leaving something comfortable behind and taking a step and going on an adventure. And when I began to think about that a little bit and thought, well, okay, there's a lot of that in the Christmas story, then I began to see, goodness, this rings true of the whole of God's story. Abraham, the father of the people of God, the first, how does his story begin? The Lord God appears to him and says, leave your home, your country, your people, your father's house, and go to the land I'll show you. If that's not an invitation to leave comfort behind and to go on an adventure, I don't know what is. Joseph, kidnapped, sold into slavery, wrongly accused, imprisoned, miraculously released, and then made prime minister of the whole Egyptian empire. Whenever he was talking to his brothers who wronged him so much, he said to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. With retrospect, Joseph looks back on his life and sees it as an adventure of God's ordaining. Moses Meets with God at the burning bush. God says to him, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It doesn't end there. God calls a chicken called Gideon to defeat an army with a small band of soldiers. He calls David from looking after sheep on a hillside 
to go and face a Philistine killing machine. He calls Esther to risk her life for her people. And then there are the countless other everyday adventures of faith that God calls his people on. It seems to me that the Bible is the story of a God who approaches us and he says to us, I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. And it seems to me that this is almost a million miles away from how Christian faith is explained to us and how many of us have experienced it. We have taken the God of Scripture and we've domesticated him. We have made him into someone that we are comfortable with. We shun adventure. We're like Bilbo when he explains to Gandalf. He explains at one point to Gandalf why he's having so much trouble finding someone who will join him on the adventure. He says of hobbits, we are plain quiet folk and we have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things make you late for dinner. I can't see what anyone sees in them. We don't want any adventures here. Thank you. Tolkien wasn't writing for children, was he? Somewhere in the church we have believed the lie that God is conservative, that he plays it safe, and that his people are a safe kind of a bunch. We've given up the life of adventure. We've given up real life and settled for reality TV. The closest we come to adventure is watching someone else, like Bear Grylls, on our widescreens. We're boring our young people to death when we should be giving them a better story to live by. Folks, when Jesus called his first disciples, he called them immediately to join him, to follow him on a journey and adventure. He said, come, follow me. Whenever he left this earth, he commissioned them, he gave them a a calling. He sent them on an adventure to go and make disciples of all nations. The truth is that Christian life is an adventure and that the high points of the the Christian church throughout its history are those moments when individuals or when peoples saw a little bit of that. When they stepped out from the the surrounding culture and, and decided to pursue the living God. I wonder what adventures God might be calling us on here this morning is he inviting you to bow the knee for the very first time to Jesus Christ to make him your saviour and lord to start out on what Corrie ten Boom calls the fantastic adventure in trusting him is that what God's calling you to is that the adventure that he's inviting you on 
for some of us who have, who have started on that journey, but who are sitting on a, on a bench beside the path, who have stalled, is he inviting us to, to discover and rediscover the adventure of walking with him in our everyday lives? I'm thinking of very real things. I'm thinking of the of rediscovering our, our partner in our marriages and our commitment to sharpening them as iron sharpens iron. Today is our 14th wedding anniversary, Claire and I. And I'm wondering what I'm bringing to my marriage these days. How I am helping Claire be everything that she might be under God. Is God calling you to remember that there's more to this life than gathering stuff and consuming experiences? Is he calling you to lead your children into a better story than the culture around us lives? Is he asking you to open your eyes to the countless people in in your neighborhood and in your workplace who are missing out on life to the full because they don't know Jesus yet? What adventure is God calling you on just now? As I've been thinking about this a little bit, I can't help but notice that, that God is calling us as a church family on some significant adventures too in the months that lie ahead. We've been doing some stuff with our teenagers here um, in the last few months. We've started a program with them in Bible class, a step-up program helping them to, to consider what it is to grow up in, in Christ to grow up into the, the church family. We've planned a weekend for them in June of next year where we're going to invite our third formers to recognize a, a, just a crucial transition that they're making in their lives uh, to be young men and women of God. Would you pray for us as, as, as we do that and, and join in in helping us encourage our teenagers and our young people? As you know, our elders have been meeting once a month on Sunday evenings to try and discern together the direction that God uh, is calling us as a church family in the future. We believe that God's asking us, calling us to restructure our church life, to recommission our, our network of small groups. And our desire there is to allow more time for people to be growing in God, in relationships with each other, and also in connection with our our community and our neighborhoods. I wonder when the time comes and when we ask you to, to, to move on that, will you be ready to do that? Are you ready to take a step to go on an adventure? As we've been working together as elders, we have been struck by our own need to, to learn and to grow in God 
There's, there's this weird thing that happens when you're elected a Presbyterian elder. It's kind of like you're put up there and these are the men and women who, who are finished. They've done their learning and they're now going to lead everybody else. And the truth is, we have so much that we need to learn if we're to lead well and better. Will you pray for us as we find ways of learning together as as the leaders here so that we can go deeper with God and further with you? It seems to me, folks, as we look into 2013, as individuals and as families and as a church family, we're going to be confronted with God's invitation to go on an adventure with him in any number of ways. And my question this morning is, are you up for it? Are you ready to go? And I want to close this morning by asking how we might possibly do that. I'm going to say how we might possibly change How we might discover a a spirit of adventure under God. What could possibly lure us out of our comfortable hobbit holes and get us moving in the life that God calls us to? There's only one thing. It's the leadership and the love of our King. There's a very moving scene in the Hobbit film. I'm not sure if it's in the book. I haven't been able to work that out yet. But Balin, one of the oldest uh, of the dwarfs, he recounts a time when he sees Thorin, uh, the leader of the dwarfs, act with great courage on the battlefield. And he remembers how he was drawn to Thorin by what he saw in him. He said, there is one I could follow. There." is one I could call king. Have you seen it yet? The heroic, sacrificial beauty of Jesus Christ. Once you do, and to the extent that you do, you will go on whatever adventure journey he calls you on. You will go. When you see Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who left the unimaginable glory and all the comfort and security of heaven to be born as a vulnerable peasant baby. When you see that he lived a humble life yet treated the people around him as though they were royalty, loved them, gave his all for them. When you see him give his last breath in agony on a Roman cross, and when you realize that he did it all for you, when you see that, when you finally and fully see it, you'll say too, there is one I could follow. There's one I could call king. And when he comes to you and he says, I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure, you'll find yourself saying, 
What other life could I possibly choose? Where do I sign up? When do we start? Let's go. Let's pray. Father God, in all the ways that you surprise us, perhaps this is one of the areas where we struggle most to understand you. Somehow we have made you into the safe God. We have made life with you into the comfortable thing. The thing that never seems to challenge us. The thing that never stretches us, never requires any risk on our part. But then we look at your word. And then we look at your word made flesh in Jesus Christ. And we see what a full-blooded adventure life with you really is. Lord, I pray that you would open for each one of us our eyes. That we would see what a a glorious and dynamic and courageous and loving and sacrificial God you are. And Lord, that you would remake us in your image. Help us to see the beauty of Jesus. And to give our lives to following him. Amen.